tongue. It's all about John Rahm. Right now in the game of golf. Five wins in his last nine starts. 93 under par in his last 20 rounds of golf. He is on some kind of run right now. Good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday to you. It's the Gimme Zone. You heard it right there. No dispute. John Rahm is on some kind of tear right now in the world of golf. Five out of his past nine. What, what were the numbers that they just shared there? 93 under par or something crazy? Something absolutely ridiculous. He's up there, man. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's, it's, a, it, it's a great time to be John Rahm right now. 93 under par in his last 20, is that what they said? 20 rounds. Think about that, guys. That's almost averaging five under a round. Yeah. Over, you know, 20 rounds would be, you know, five different golf courses. All these golf courses are, you know, way different than the other because of where he's played. And yet his game can adapt to whatever. I think we've got to ask ourselves right off the bat here, Josh, is this Tiger-esque? Well, it could be, but uh, just the winning so far this season, th- three wins now for Rom. yes. Yes on that front. It's it's the I think the earliest in the season somebody's had three wins since I don't know when. We could probably get an answer to that question quickly this morning. Probably could have researched it before we <laughs> strolled into the studio this morning, but that's neither here nor, nor there. He's got to win majors, though. Right for it to be Tigerish, this is great and it's impressive. And he has, in a golf world where just a week ago we're talking about Scheffler's ascended to number one, and there's a clear big three, and it's Scheffler, it's McElroy, and it's John Rahm. Right now, because he won this event too, he he overtakes world number one again. And look, Scheffler and McElroy have have done some incredible things for an extended period of time in their own respects. I'm taking John Rahm. He's the best player in the world right now. So, yes, Tigerish, but go win me majors this uh, this this major season. And he's going to be in contention at the majors. I don't think there's any question in any of our minds. I think the Masters, he's playing so good a form right now, it's not going to be any question. He will be in the picture somewhere on Sunday. He, he's he's got to make the cut. And I think Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Country Club for the U.S. Open is a game that's going to suit him very, very well coming down. And it's going to be a very good major run for John Rahm, for Scotty Scheffler. But I've, I've been kind of fighting it for a while, and I don't dislike John Rahm in any respect, but I just I – th- I saw other things in other players, but I'm going to have to go with uh, – I'm going to have to concede it over here to Mr. Vineyard. That John Rahm is indeed the best player in the world. World, so I b- I bow down in the face of my mistakes to, and, to Mr. Vineyard. And Brian picked John Rahm. He did to to get it done over the weekend, and I think that's the first prediction any of us have have gotten right so far. So bravo. Well, I can't take a lot of credit for that because simply you're taking the chalk, right? You're taking the guy who's the hottest golfer in the world and say, hey, he's just gonna stay hot, and I'm gonna t- pick that until he proves otherwise my comment on tiger-esque was not many guys 
in the last 15, 20 years in the PGA Tour have won five of nine starts. That's what I mean. Now, sure. obviously, to be even in the same sentence with Tiger, you do have to win majors, which has been the knock against Rory Jackson and, I know. and Josh. And the knock against, you know, hey, Greg Norman back in the day, for that matter, right? You know, he, he was there all the time like Rory. But a famous loser in a lot of respects. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it kind of poetic justice right now that you have Greg and Rory kind of butting heads? <laughs> won the, won the face yet, of the live and won the face of the PGA and Tour. And yet their careers right now kind of mirror each other, right? The inability to get more majors across is what both of them kind of if you if you say there's a black cloud over their career that would be it right josh the the past decade for rory yeah i mean when we left we've talked about this i don't know how many times on this uh program which good morning everybody welcome in it's the the gimme zone with you on the ref on a saturday we've talked about that a lot that for rory got those four majors quickly in cricket since and when you're Rory McIlroy or John Rahm or Dustin Johnson or any of these kind of guys that we talk about as being, having one of the best games in the world, you got to back it up where it matters the most. And unfortunately for Rory McIlroy, for basically a decade now, he's not done that. No, I think you're right, Josh. And, you know, I think it just adds pressure to him when you get into the majors as well. Is He hears the talk. And the longer you go without winning – it becomes more challenging, you would think. Well, it's the harder it gets, right? A, you're not getting any younger, which typically means you're, you, you know, you're not getting any longer. Your your body goes through changes as you age, which is why you know when guys get up into their 40s, they typically don't win a lot of majors, especially U.S. Opens. But it'll be interesting this year. The pressure of being number one, how will John Rahm handle that in the majors? To me, right now, it just seems like it's going to be water off the back of a duck, right? He seems to embrace being the world number one right now or before this past week uh, at the Genesis where he collects his third win this season. Perceived top player or perceived top cut of player right there with Scheffler and McElroy and you know, we had this discussion a week ago because we're coming on the heels of a Scheffler win, and all of a sudden he's ascending to number one in the world. He's an easy pick for a Masters favorite because guess what? Won the Masters championship, and oh, by the way, he's playing great in his own respect. But I texted both of you in our Gibby Zone group text. I, that's it. I'm done. Uh, nothing that happens. <laughs> I know, and it was a fair joke that, yeah, well, until Rory McIlroy wins, you'll pick Rory. Nothing that happens from uh, – this is my proclamation to you both. Nothing that happens between now and Augusta National. I'm picking John Rahm. I'm not pivoting. There's no reason to pick anybody else. He's winning the Masters. It, it is – it has been written in stone. I, ho- I hope you know we're going to hold you to that, Josh. Thru- throughout, throughout the rest of the season to the Masters, we're going to be holding you to it and pointing out if things start to veer off course. But John Rahm, I think the gods are smiling on him. The golfing gods, because if you look at Riviera, we were talking about this before we went on the show. When it's your time, it's your time. And John Rahm had a couple of really good breaks throughout the Genesis. He got the kick off the grandstands to four feet on 17. Yeah, that was that was wild. <laughs> that was inc- that, I mean, that was insane. I mean, you it's 
when it's your time, it's your time. And he had a couple. He was not driving the ball particularly well all week long. But he got some good breaks. He got some good bounces, and he pulled it on. He bowled it in round three, past the fence. But because it was man-made obstruction, he gets relief. He doesn't get to lose a stroke, and so he gets to drop and get it into a good spot. And I'm not knocking him for it. And use the rules to your advantage. That's a great thing. When it's your time, it's your time. And John Rom is really getting a lot of things to go his way right now. John Rom is sky is mo- he's moving his own roof is basically what's happening, and he's skyrocketing into a position of very rare eliteness, I think. So what you're saying is the ceiling is the roof. The ceiling is the roof, yes. Thank you, Michael Jordan. Yes, of course. Well, you know, the other part, you guys, that you have to think about is we shouldn't be surprised by this. He was one of the most accomplished amateurs right there with Scotty Scheffler, right? So this shouldn't come as a surprise. However, historically, not all the top amateurs get it done when they get to the PGA Tour. You know, there's some, like, let's look at our own Scott Verplank, one of the best amateurs ever, and he didn't win with the same veracity on the PGA Tour, you know, because his game was limited by length and some of those things, one of the best short games you'll ever find, but he just couldn't pound it out there like Scheffler and Rahm and those guys, and that limited him when it came to winning PGA tournaments because there's just some courses that if you're not a bomber, you just don't have a chance. Yeah, and Genesis in Riviera is one of those courses. It, it It's fair to everybody because if you're long but you're inaccurate, you're in trouble because of the trees. But if you're short, the greens don't hold because you have to hit long irons into the firmest greens you play all year. So it's really fair, and you, you don't know because you get such an eclectic variety of winners at Riviera. And so John Rom going out there and getting it done without his normal weapon, which is a driver. He won despite his driver, not because of it, because he's coming to his own with his short game. So John Rom is doing fantastic, playing fantastic golf right now. He's got to be a happy man uh, in terms of the checkbook too, because he's already won two of these elevated events. He's won three, but he's won two of the elevated events. The uh, the Genesis, obviously, this past week, and then the Century Tournament of Champions as well. So my man's doing all right financially. He was he was not hurting coming into this golf season, but his career earnings already have spiked now north of forty four million. Yeah, speaking about these elevated events and the lack thereof this weekend, well, boy, does the field not show it, and it's so shocking to me that none of the top players really are playing there. And the majority of them live either in that area of Florida or in the Orlando area. So it's not like it's a real big, you know, commute for them to get to that tournament. And, you know, it's kind of a big course in the bear trap, right? Indeed. Talking Honda Classic this week. Let's take an opening time out and let's have a elongated discussion on that because there's some – interesting tentacles to this beyond just the lack of world top 50 players that are playing in the event Uh, there's a a sponsorship story here I mean the like longest partnership in the PGA Tour is going to be no more at the Honda Classic so uh, if you missed that from I think it broke in maybe back in October but Honda's not going to be sponsoring the Honda Classic going forward and there's I think reasons why that's the case so let's discuss the yeah the field is just atrocious for this event this week and that's kind of what you get when you get elevated events it's the gimme zone would love to hear from you 405-329-9000 
That's the Riverwind call-in line where you can chime in with us, Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's all yours as well, 405-651-3439. Josh Elmer alongside Brian Vineyard and Jackson Rowbottom. We're just getting going, baby. We're here until noon. Taking a timeout. It's the Gimme Zone. So what you're saying is the Honda Classic field, this is not, say, the Masters tournament this weekend? No, it's it's not. I mean, look at the field. I mean, who sitting there in the top ten makes you want to turn on and watch that tournament unless you're a uh, family member of one of these folks? <laughs> right. Or just like us, you know, like diehard golf fan. Uh, th- then you could be talked into, okay, hey, I'll, I'll watch the back nine on Sunday if it's, if it's close, et cetera, et cetera. The uh, Honda Classic this week, okay, is where the PGA – Tour has swung into its what they call the Florida Swing. And only eight of the top 50 players in the world are teeing it up this week at PGA National. And like you said, Brian, this is this is not a bad golf course. This is a course that historically has kind of held a lot of intrigue. And yet, guess what happens? This is the price you pay, right, when you elevate some tournaments and you don't elevate this one. No, you're right, Josh. I mean, it's a Jack Nicklaus signature course, and it's kind of what is often referred to as his home course because he lives right there. And to see this happen was very predictable. And honestly, it's why the live is at Mayakoba. You know, PGA Tour had an event at Mayakoba for a long, long time. And once they told Mayakoba that you're not going to be an elevated event, guess what they said? See ya. Same as what Honda's doing, right? So... This is going to be interesting to see how many more of these non-elevated event sponsors tell the PGA Tour, no thanks. And what's that open the door to? Oh, boy, they could be part of the live sponsorship because they do have a big-time event opposite these non-elevated events. Right, Jackson? You're right. And it was the fact that the Honda, the Honda Classic was scheduled so poorly in the fact that you had two signature events before in the Waste Management and then in Riviera. And then you've got two signature events coming after it. You've got Bay Hill and you've got the players. Honda Classic is kind of the forgotten child in the middle of that. And so one of those tournaments that no one wants to play in it because everyone's resting for the big money. All your big names are going to be resting for that. So where does that leave the Honda Classic? And that's where Brian is getting at here, is the fact that Oh my goodness, we're being forgotten. Our purses haven't been raised. All the big players are wanting to play for this bigger purse. There, there's nothing left for it, which is why we said that the Honda itself, the the company, is not going to be sponsoring the event anymore. And that's really unfortunate, considering the pedigree of this event in in years past. You, Rory was a winner here many years ago. Ricky Fowler in his prime was a winner here. Justin Thomas won this event. Matt Kuchar, when he was playing really, really good golf in his earlier years, won at this event. This is a this is a place that has a lot of history, and unfortunately, the PGA Tour is forgetting about it. After fifty something years, longest running sponsor on the PGA Tour is is going away, and it's it's not a small deal, Josh. Well, it's not. It's a sign of the times, and I think Brian nailed a couple of the puzzle pieces here. That it's not easy to follow where the monetary leaves might might trail us off to here. 42-year, longest-running, un, uninterrupted title sponsorship, Honda and this event with the PGA Tour. Obviously, it's no more after this event. 
And as you pointed out, Brian, if it's not an elevated event that weekend, then guess what the Liv's going to do? All in that week, opposite the non-elevated event. And I think what's happened here with Honda is something that the PGA Tour, it's one of those unintended consequences, Brian, of trying to do right by the players and creating elevated events. But when you elevate certain events and you don't elevate a Honda Classic, then you run this risk where a sponsor says, wait a second here. So the WM Phoenix Open is elevated. The Century Tournament of Champions is elevated. The Genesis is elevated. We're not. We're a 42-year sponsor. We're not elevated. And so they take their ball and uh, they go home. And this is not going to be the only sponsor, by the way, that takes this approach. Now, some of these elevated events, the WM Phoenix Open I don't think is – and correct me if I'm wrong here – there's a rotating set of four events on the PGA Tour was the plan for some of the elevated events. There's some that will always be an elevated event, and there's others that it will be on a rotating basis. I think that might be one that's on the rotating basis. And obviously this, a Honda Classic, would have a eventually been part of the elevated rotation. But even that, you're the haves and the have-nots, right? I want to be a permanent elevated event. And when I'm not, then again, you – you take your ball and you go home. Hey, if I'm Honda and paying X millions of dollars, it's a slap in the face. I've been a sponsor for the longest running title sponsor in any of your events. Oh, and by the way, it's a slap in the face to Jack Nicholas too, in my opinion. You know, so you're going to elevate Tiger's event, the Genesis, and not Jack's? Don't think so. So think about that. And... How many others follow suit if they're not a permanent? Because we've already seen what's going to happen to the field. Because in the elevated events, the top guys are required to play. It's not optional. So where are they going to play? Where they're required to play and where there's more money. So, you know, I think this is going down a rabbit hole because you basically just told Honda and Jack Nicholas. Oh, by the way, you're just like the John Deere Classic right. playing opposite the British, the, you know, the Open Championship. I still call it the British Open because I don't know when that changed, but it did at some <laughs> this point. This is a the safe, British Open forever. Safe space. Yeah. Safe space here. And by the way, oh, yeah, you're the John Deere Classic. Well, you know, the only people that benefit from this setup are those guys out there fighting to keep their car that are at the bottom trying to make enough money to keep their car and that's the reason that those same guys play the John Deere because they're not in the open they also play all those events you know from September through the end of the year to rack up money to keep their card which is great for them and their family but if I'm paying a bunch of money to be the title sponsor of a tournament is that what I want Jackson it you're, you you hit the nail on the head but the, the, there's also you need some tournaments not the Honda Classic not the Honda Classic by any stretch. You need some tournaments where the guys who are new, the guys who are rookies, the guys who are still trying to get it done can have a chance and go out there and win a tournament. The Honda Classic is not one of them. There is too much history here. There is too much good, and Jack Nicholas has put so much time and love and effort into the production of this tournament, his home course. I mean, you're playing the three toughest holes are called the Bear Trap. 15, 16, 17, a tough sandwich of holes for a reason. Drama has happened over there historically. Brooks Kepka and Keith Mitchell coming down the wire there. You had Rory, you had Justin Thomas, Ricky Fowler. Like I said, all this history 
and this is just in my life. This is just the time that I remember. This was one of the tournaments before Live happened and before the designated events really took effect. This was one of the events I loved watching because you had a lot of guys here coming out and prepping for your Bay Hill and players, and it was the big names. All the guys who were working on stuff in their game coming out here and slugging it out with the other best in the game. And you're not seeing it right now. You're right. It feels like a John Deere classic. It feels like where it, it's just it's a step up from the Corn Ferry. It's well, a step up where the guys are coming in and just trying to make their mark. And you want big names here. Do, do this exercise with me real quick, okay? For those that don't understand what we're talking about, as we said, eight of the top 50, that's it that are in this event. And honestly, that's maybe not even a good representation of the top 50 because of the defectees to the live tour aren't getting official world golf ranking points. So it's probably actually less than eight of the top 50 players in the world. But okay, that's, that's another discussion for another day. Read off this leaderboard for the, for the masses out there, Brian, let everybody know who is on top of this board. And you tell me, as you said earlier, who are you tuning, tuning in to watch here? Yeah, not Justin Sue. I mean, you couldn't pick him. He could walk through the airport, and nobody even know who he was. Chris Kirk. I mean, he's been he's he's been there, and he's people recognize nice him. Ben Taylor, or you know, Ben Martin. You know, been there a little bit. But but these are not needle moving names. I mean, I mean, look in the top ten. You got Zach Johnson. How old Zach Johnson? Forty five. And you know, and they're making fun of the live tour because they've got some guys in their forties. Zach Johnson's forty five, probably right. I don't know. Google him up. I think he's, Google him up. I think he's 47, actually. 47. All right. So I was giving him a, a little bit of benefit there. But, I mean, look, his his time has come and gone, right? I mean, he was always a guy that could only win on certain courses. And, you know, he obviously had, you know, one really big win. But the reality is you're not buying a ticket to, to go watch Zach Johnson. You're just not. That's not who I want to see. I would much rather see – you know, some of these other older guys that have a lot more pizzazz. Give me an Ian Poulter. Sure. Yeah, that's got a little personality about him. Honestly, uh, for those of us over here stateside, he's a villain, right? Uh, he, he's <laughs> somebody that I want to go watch because I just flat out don't like you because of Ryder Cup past. I just do not like you very much, Ian Poulter. <laughs> but, hey, that's going to get my butt in a in a seat or on the golf course strolling down the fairway because, ah, it's Ian Poulter. I really don't like that guy. I kind of want to watch this guy play. The uh, Some of the top names, by the way, uh, Sung J.M., 18th in the official world golf ranking. That's the highest-ranked player in this field. Billy Horschel. I, I like Billy Horschel, but, I mean, come on. Defending champion Sepp Straka, Aaron Wise, Alex Noren, Minwoo Lee, and JT Poston. Did I say Shane Lowry? He's uh, he's here, too. No, no. I mean, Shane Lowry, if I'm paying money, that's probably the guy I'd want to see. If right, I'm, that, if that's I'm the there, biggest name. I mean, he's, uh, I enjoy watching him play, and, you know, he's probably a guy that immediately walks off the golf course and knocks back six, which makes him sort of interesting, <laughs> you know. Um, but, you know, no, it's not moving the needle. Given the two on at the same time today, I can tell you what I'm going to be watching. It's going to be the live event. It's not going to be this. It's just, you know, it doesn't move the needle for me. And I love that golf course. I've not played it, but just love watching that golf course because I appreciate the difficulty coming down the stretch, which adds to the excitement for the tournament on Saturday and Sunday. If you've got great players. If you've got great players. But there is no 
great players in the event. I mean, as they're all great players. Let's you know, let's let's make sure we Re- relative don't. to the PGA Tour and and live the best best in the world. Yeah, and, and and Josh, you nailed something. Like you know, how many fewer players would be in the top fifty if the live guys had the uh, official world golf rankings? I mean, you'd knock out three or four of them for sure, if no not doubt. more, because several of those guys have slipped out of the top fifty that. You know, if you did a straw poll, even of PGA Tour players or professional players around the world, they'd rank those guys in the top 50, and those guys know who's a top 50 player. But, you know, I, man, I hate where it's going because you're going to have other sponsors drop, and this rotating deal doesn't do it. It's not – I mean, I know they're trying to find a solution to keep sponsors happy, but if, you, if you're an elevated event once out of every four years or twice out of every four years – are you going to be satisfied with that when the live tour opposite you has a big event with a lot more top 50 or type players in the world? I can't see it. So there was this problem that the PGA Tour had, right? They had majors that were great, obviously. That gets the best fields in golf. You had the players, which has always attracted arguably the greatest field in golf. And then you had some of these events like this, a Honda Classic, that would attract a good number of the top players in the world, but it wouldn't attract the same type of crowd that these elevated events now have brought to the WM Phoenix Open. It it was the best waste management we've ever seen in terms of field strength. Genesis, okay, it's had great fields in the past, but because of the elevated status of these tournaments, Century Tournament of Champions, best we've seen, right? But what does that mean? Well, it means guys got to take a break or a week off eventually, and now the Honda Classic becomes the week off. So whereas maybe the problem you had in the past, guys, was, yeah, we've got 20 of the top 50 players in the world or 25 or three, whatever the number may be, right? Well, now there's events where we're getting 40 of the top 50 or 45, whatever number you want to throw at me, right? Those events are better than they've ever been before. But the in-between is going to be worse than we've ever seen before at, at places that historically have been good like this, the Honda Classic. Well, and Bay Hill's going to be the same problem, you know, and it's already, it already started after Arnie's passing. You know, a lot of people played Bay Hill to honor Arnie, right? When he was alive, they played that tournament because it's not a great golf course. You know, I played that thing. It's not a great golf course. It's got some interesting holes, but it's not, by PGA Tour standards, a great golf course in my opinion. Uh, there'll probably be some argue with me, but as – you know, I mean, Jack's older, much older now. What happens when Jack passes? Does does the haunt, does this, you know, bear trap course have any allure after Jack passes? Does this event just go by the wayside and become a permanent, you know, lower tier event? Jackson, I mean, that's my thought is what's probably going to happen. It's, <clears throat> there's going to be some of that. I think if, it, well, I say if, when Jack passes, I think it's going to have to be kind of an honoring at Muirfield. When, when that happens, because I think that's the one Jack has put a lot of his love into a lot of his love into Muirfield as well as PGA National. But Muirfield is going to be the designated event that Jack is tied to, I think. And so it, when, when Jack goes at some point, I think that's where it's, it's going to be honored. The other thing that I want to mention about this event this week in the Honda Classic is it's, play, it's going side by side against the Mayakoba tournament for the live. If you look at just the stimulus and the eye candy for viewers, the it's it's kind of boring. It's kind of boring if you look at it. The crowds just aren't there this week. It's a lot of it's a lot of white seating and not a whole lot of crowds compared to the live tour. 
which has music going. They've got concerts and it's got exciting players, outfits, and it's just there's a lot of different things happening that people who don't like the stuffy nature of traditional golf are going to want to attach to. And so Mayakoba is probably going to win the viewership count this 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 tournament as well, which is another slap in the face to Jack a little bit on the PGA on the PGA Tour side. And so it's kind of the double whammy happening with the Honda Classic. And one of the reasons I think they're losing their sponsorship as well is because Liv is going to get all the viewer so far as they're scheduled during the same time. Let's talk a little Liv. The Liv Tour underway. And I got to tell you, the uh, we, we were talking about it before. I didn't have time to sit back and, and watch a ton of golf yesterday. Uh, I, I will over the course of this weekend. But I did go back and watch some of the highlights this morning from the the live tour the presentation is it's night and day from where it was at uh this time a year ago with youtube so let's talk a little bit about the live tour getting underway some of these elevated events too on the pga tour i've got some more thoughts on that just several of the events they've picked i think are curious too and tiger woods we still haven't fully uh, reacted to the weekend that was last week for tiger woods so we can do all of that plus cody murray head coach for edmund north 11.30 will join us on the Gimme Zone, taking a timeout right here on The Rev. Back with you, hour number one. It is the Gimme Zone right here on The Rev. Well, the live season is back from Mayakoba. Jason Kokrak and Paul Casey atop the board after one round of play. They're both six under par. And let's see, Dustin Johnson, who was the uh, individual champion a year ago, he's three under par. Cam Smith, two under par in his first live event. And then I just wanted to – I mean, obviously this this portion can't really translate to, to radio because listeners aren't watching what we're watching, but I just wanted to let you guys watch. I mean, look how much the presentation of yesterday's broadcast is just totally different. I mean, it, it looks like – what you would expect to see a major championship look like or, you know, any sort of PGA Tour event. The the, the presentation from this CW deal from the Live Tour, I mean, it. I, I was pulling up the highlights this morning and watching this. It looks great. I, I, it, it looks like what you would expect a golf tournament to look like. No, it is, Josh. I mean, it's uh, it's a big step up for them, which you knew was going to come. It's anytime you start a new product, it's a building process. You know, you know, kind of like you remember when we started our high school sports coverage, Josh. It was a building process. Sure. We had we had one school system, and you know, now we've got nine schools, and we'll be adding more next year. So it's a building process. Same thing for these guys, and every time they add more good players, you're, it affords them more opportunities. They're getting some sponsors. And, you know, this was a takeaway from the PGA Tour and the fact that Mayakoba had been a tour event for a long time. And once they got, you know, relegated to the non-elevated event, they said, see ya. And so, you know, Jackson hit on something earlier that, you know, a lot of these stuffy golf fans are like, oh, they play loud music and concerts and this is this is a sideshow and not really a golf tournament for serious golfers. Well, you know, there's a major golf company out there called Discovery that builds courses all over the world, uh, and it's oft referred to as the five-hour, five-pound round because they have really high-end courses that are very exclusive, and they have what they call comfort stations every four holes. And what that means is you stop, you get something to eat, there's high-end food and beverage, and it's just a really, really different high-end experience. And I was telling Jackson earlier, on the driving range, they have a 
chef and a grill undercover with music playing. Not, I mean, so I got to think maybe Liv took took a cue from what they're doing. Sure. And it's a it's a cool experience. I've had the pleasure of playing some of them, thanks to the Madison Club, by the way, out there in Palm Desert. And it, it's a fantastic experience. It's one of the best golf courses I've ever played, and I've played a bunch. And then to have this type of experience, what it's going to do is they are capturing the younger fan that the PGA Tour has not been great at doing. The older fan is much easier to capture because they have more time to spend watching golf. The younger fan who wants to see these snippets and and you know short versions of things on on YouTube, this this affords all of that, Josh. And it's exciting. It is exciting, and it's a team event because it's not Ryder Cup, but it's a team event, right? And so there is some interest in there. And, oh, by the way, you're talking, you know, leaderboard. Our guy Taylor Gooch is right there. (laughs) And one of the other things about this Live Tour, from the player's perspective, if you look at it and you look at the production, the players are actually cared for a little bit more. And I'm not just talking money. Money will only do so much to keep a player's attention. Obviously, it's a big factor. It draws players over. Liv has done that with some of the best players in the world. But if you look at the enjoyment of the players on the Live Tour, I bet if you asked any of them, they wouldn't go back. None of them would go back. Because now you've got really good music. The fans, it's a more immersive fan experience. You're playing 54 holes. You're playing 54 holes. You get more rest time making the same amount of money because a lot of these guys still have sponsorships. Just because you go live doesn't mean you lose your sponsorship either. So they're still getting their money. They're getting le- they're, they're playing less golf, and they're getting more time with their family, and it's more immersive. They're playing in a team format, so it, it kind of takes them back a little bit. And the fact that a lot of them played high school, college golf, they liked the team format. Players had an input on how this was going to work. They just like the atmosphere a whole lot better. And that's one of the things that the PGA Tour isn't replicating right now. PGA Tour is throwing a lot of money into more designated events, but we've talked in earlier we talked in an earlier segment about what's happening with the Honda Classic. But the players are more immersed in a good experience, and you're going to keep your players that way in the long run. The live players, I don't think, would would go back to the PGA Tour for anything in the world right now. They're happy, Brian. Well, the only thing that takes them back or even wanting to go back is if they get excluded from the majors, which we know, it's a, it's a point for discussion in hour two, is we know now that all the majors, uh, they're going to let those folks play. Yes, that, yes. That are live players. Yes, yes. However, this, as we've discussed before, this is not the year that you evaluate that because they're still using some of them that don't let all past champions play, official world golf rankings, and it's starting to affect the live players and will have a much greater effect next year and the following year if they don't change the official world golf ranking system to accommodate the live events. But you hit something, Jackson. I don't think 54 versus 72 holes is a big deal for the PGA Tour guys. I really don't think that's it. I just think it's the fact that they can wear shorts. They can. I mean, it's much more enjoyable round of golf. It's not so stuffy. And to me, as a golf fan, as a really big golf fan, I love that experience. And, Josh, I think... While the PGA Tour accommodated these uh, top-tier events with more, or elevated events with more money, 
Did the money fall out of the trees or were they just keeping it? Where did the money come from? I don't think these sponsors coughed up a lot more money. Where'd the money come from? Well, they had the money, as as we Bingo. discussed this time a year ago and maybe several months after that, once we started hearing about elevated events. That, that's what was always so frustrating about the PGA Tour. And when you go back and dissect that quote from Phil Mickelson that got all those uh, all those pieces of negative publicity attached to it, right? Well, the last thing he said was it's about – it's about making the PGA Tour. It's about giving them the squeezing the PGA Tour a little bit and getting more from the PGA Tour, forcing them to act. And look, you could you could f- focus on the scary bleeps portion of the quote if you want, but if you forget about the last part of what Phil Mickelson said and that hey, this is about getting more from the PGA Tour of what we're due. He's been proven right that there was more to give. No, Josh, you're right. Phil was 100% right, other than, you know, the comments, some of those. I mean, and we can all, we've argued, you know, you have human right atrocities in lots of, uh, you know, uh, countries across the world. And, you know, the NBA does business with China and, all, you know, on and on and on. But, but the reality is this. He was right, and the PGA Tour had not been a place where the players had a lot of say like they do in other professional sports. Other professional sports have collective bargaining. There's players unions. The golfers were like, here's the rules, take it or leave it. And this has forced the PGA Tour and Jay Monahan to say, yeah, I'm not the deal. It's really the players, and we better figure out how to accommodate them or all of this blows up, right, Jackson? You're right. And let me tell you what, it can be exemplified. I'm going to go back because I know the figures here for Scotty Scheffler's win at the Waste Management Open. Winner of the U.S. Open last year made touch over $3 million. Right. Scotty Scheffler for winning the Waste Management Phoenix Open made almost four. That is a substantial amount of money and a substantial raise. And so the PGA Tour was holding something back. And that's not a... It, where, where does that come from? Well, I mean, what what drives you to keep your money away from your players? you got to keep your players. you got to keep your assets. I don't know why you're not taking care of your players better. And that's one of the things I, I haven't agreed with about the PGA Tour is the fact that for some reason the PGA Tour felt it necessary to keep the same purses year after year or minimal raises to purses year after year. The Live kind of did away with that. A little bit more guaranteed money for those players. One of the things they like, they feel like they are more valued because they were promised the money. It's like, hey, you do this, you'll get this, but also if you win tournaments and you place higher, you're going to be getting more money as well. So either way, you're going to be making out like a bandit. Liv has definitely done something and struck a nerve with the players that are seeking that. Well, they sweetened the pot. The official World Golf Rankings, a little update on where some of the top players in the Live have tumbled down to next right here on the ref back with you closing up our number one it's the gimme zone happy saturday everybody fun saturday in the sooner state our man brian brian with a y from tulsa just swung on by picked up uh some oklahoma texas tickets that is a massive game coming up today in the lnc so wish uh, coach Ginny b and crew uh, tons of good luck in uh, what could decide the big 12 championship uh, teased it before the break Live golf players whose notable folks whose rankings have, have taken a tumble. 
So Cam Smith, he's number five in the world. He's been able to sustain it because he's not been gone very long, right? But Dustin Johnson, for example, two-time major champion, ranked now 54th in the world. First time in 13 years that he hasn't been in the top 50. Brooks Kepka, four-time major champ, has been ranked number one for 47 straight weeks in the past. He's 85th now. Bryson DeChambeau, once as high as number four, 114th. Bubba Watson, 189th. Mickelson, 298th. It's the first time that Mickelson's been ranked outside the top 200 since 92, the year he turned pro. So this official world golf rankings situation, at some point we just got to get it figured out because it just is not – it's not indicative of the top players in the world anymore, Brian. No, it's not. And, you know, to say that DJ is not a top 50 player is, you know, ridiculous in any sense of, uh, you know, reality. And so DJ, while he's not as good as he once was, I think that's a fair statement. He still is. He's still capable of winning at any point in time. But I know we kind of had a short segment here. What we need to do when we come back is I would like for us to discuss very briefly in, in top of the next hour why we think that the PGA Tour or professional golfers rather should not be get should not get guaranteed money like baseball, football, okay. basketball. You know, because the argument is, oh, they they don't have to prove anything. Well, all the other professional sports have a contract. Guess what? The live players have a contract with an ability for upside if they perform. Which, hey, guess what? How many other professional sports? That's exactly how the contracts are structured, Josh. Okay, let's dive into it next. Plus some Tiger Woods next hour. Cody Murray from Edmund North will join us next hour. We got all sorts of golf talk coming your way. Give me zone. Hour number two is next.